The bagpipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rab Show podcast is very kindly sponsored by G1. G1 Reeds and Chanters were played in 8 out of the 9 winning World Championship performances in 2017, including the newly crowned Grade 1 World Champions in Vararian District, and also for some bands, including the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So many thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. How are you? Hope you're all keeping the very best out there on podcast land. Yeah, the piping world has been incredibly busy this past week, as every week always gives us loads to talk about here. So, yeah, we've got loads to talk about. Thanks for clicking that download button. And, yeah, each and every week we come at you with brand new piping news stories and all sorts of goodness from the piping world this past week. We are the show for the piping folk. So if this is your first ever Big Rab Show podcast, thank you so much for clicking that download button. Please do check out our back catalogue. We've got a huge back catalogue now. We've tackled all sorts of topics from around the piping world so yeah have a dig through we have quite a large selection there and some good ones in there to boot yes right grant let's get into things if you haven't checked us out yet go and check us out on the facebook page which is the big rab show or indeed on twitter at big rab show and you can get in contact with us there and we kick off each podcast each and every week with a bit of listener mail yes that email address is big rab show at gmail dot com that address again big rab show at gmail dot com and loads of you have gotten contact with us this past week all about commentary about paisley now i have to give a bit of a precursor there's a lot of the emails that i'm not going to read out <laughs> now to be fair they're all talking about the judging and the possible selection of winners and things in different grades and they were done for specific reasons and all of this kind of stuff I'm not going to get into all of that. Like I have said before on the podcast last week, as we were not standing there with the clipboard in our hand, so I'll put it out there, okay? So as much as everyone gets the tinfoil hats on and starts talking about all sorts of conspiracy theories and all the grades, again, I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) I know, but who knows? We may talk about it in the future podcast because quite clear, a lot of you guys out there in the podcasting land do want to talk about it. So yeah, we will delve more into judging, how it works, what the judges are looking for, all of that sort of stuff. And the controversy as well, clearly. Clearly the controversy seems to be the stuff that people love to talk about. So, yes, bear with me, emailers. You did email in your droves following the Paisley podcast saying that I was dancing on the fence. And, yeah, I was dancing on the fence. But, you know, given my own personal opinion, I honestly do think that the bands who won on the day actually did deserve it. Now, I'll put myself out there. I honestly thought that Scottish Power, listening back to the run now, really played out of their skin. I thought they had a fantastic run. Same for Grade 2, Grade 3A, B, 4A, B. You know, I will say that I've listened back to most of the performances now from Paisley and everything, and I have to say the results kind of shine through. It's been pretty accurate, in my opinion. You know, I'm not taking it away from other bands in the grades saying that they, 
you know, sounded bad because, no, they actually did sound pretty incredible. Whenever you're talking about having Field Marshal down so low on the prize list and having Inverary knocked off the top spot and all of that, those bands, don't get me wrong, they still did sound fantastic. You know, so what I'm saying is that the judging job is not an easy one and we weren't there in that arena with the clipboard. We didn't hear what that guy heard, you know what I mean? So... Hey, I've always said it's possibly one of the most difficult jobs to do in the piping world. And who knows, we may get a judge on the podcast someday and we'll get chatting to them and just get down to the nitty gritty and find out what it is that a judge is looking for. Do you know what I mean? Because I do believe it varies from grade to grade. You know, especially in the top grade, like you're looking for the minutia. Whereas if you're judging grade 4B, perhaps you would let a lot of things slide that ordinarily you wouldn't let slide in grade 1. Don't know. It's a conversation that we'll have on a future podcast. So for those of you who emailed me in and slagged me off to death, telling me that I was completely wrong and uh, this was happening for this reason and this was happening for that reason, that's fine. You're all entitled to your opinions. (laughs) It's been a bit of a rough week on the Rab Show. But yeah, I have to say, you know, unless you're standing in that arena with the clipboard in your mitts, then you really can't say what that person heard at that time. Do you know what I mean? So it's all subjective, you know? It's all in what that person heard and what way they interpreted it. I don't know. I'll leave it up there for debate. I doubt we'll still be talking about Paisley ahead of the next major, which is just around the corner, coming up soon. But let's get into more listener mail. Before we started recording here today on the podcast, we did put a little post up on our Facebook page asking people that if they wanted a bit of a shout out on the podcast this week, just to comment below. So yeah, we did and loads of you did. So shout out goes to Codes. Yeah, go on Robert Cody. Cheers, Cody. Thanks, man. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, one from Andrew Moss. It'd be great to get a shout-out for my uncle's new business, Saltire Candles and Fife. Website is online, so there you go. There's a wee shameless plug for you, Andrew. Uh, so, Ryan uh, says, shout-out to McNeilstown Band and Drum Corps for this weekend in Cookstown. Yes, good luck, McNeilstown. Have a good tune. Uh, let me see. Also, let me see. One on here. Can you give Keith O'Malley a shout-out, please? There you go. Keith O'Malley, you legend. Yeah. There you go. Uh, the North Georgia Pipes and Drums would love a shout out. We're a grade four band in the Uspaba. Uspaba. E U S P B A. So there you go. So shout out to North Georgia Pipes and Drums. Awesome sauce. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, shout out goes to Lewis Daring. How about you, Lewis? Um, also to Kirsten Quam Klarsfrick Dudsgad. Yeah, I think people do this on purpose just for me to try and pronounce stuff wrong. But there you go. Looking forward to it. There's your shout out, Kirsten. And to Elish Crisp as well. What about you, Elish? And she's saying, have a good show. Thank you very much. And to Jamie Couples as well. Give me a wee shout out, please. Jamie, not a bother, pal. If anything, we will be talking about you just in a few seconds. Now, also, I have to give a shout out to our amazing patrons as well. Who have clicked that support button on our Patreon page. And, yeah, have helped support what we do. If you are interested, you can go along to our Patreon page. And there are various little uh, like tiers of support and things. You can you get little bits of extra content and stuff. From as little as $1 a month and stuff. You can get, like, extra little video clips. Uh, just behind the scenes, rap show stuff. All of that kind of goodness. And you can also get 
your wee shout out on the podcast each and every week. Plus, you can also get your little 30 second advert as well. So perhaps you're a business owner and stuff and you fancy advertising with ourselves. That's a little patronage thing that we have available as well. So you, if you are interested, there you go. Go and check us out on Patreon. So shout, shout out goes to Brandon Moreno and LoneStarPiper.com. You guys are awesome. Yes, you are. There you go. Okay, let's get into it. Listener mail aside, I've got a bit of a hammering on the emails this week. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's been rough. Uh, but yeah, you guys are entitled to your opinion and yeah, we'll leave it at that. And then I'll give all you guys a shout out there as requested, of course. So right, also I have to give a shout out to the guys of the Chanter Rant podcast. This week's podcast uh, that was just uploaded there recently, uh, the Dirtbag Olympics 2 yeah Mm. go and listen to it it's um, i'm lost for words (laughs) i listen to the chanter rad podcast every week i'm a massive fan of it and you guys know that too so if you haven't listened to the chanter rad podcast yet go and check them out josh and andy there over in the states doing an, an incredible job putting together this podcast and it is a bit of an irreverent look at the piping world and uh yeah be warned it's not for the faint-hearted it's mm, yeah quite strong and this one is certainly possibly one of the strongest ones that they've done so far lots of adult language in there and uh, adult topics and stuff so if you're easily offended by things like that don't Get a look at, don't go there, because within the first two or three minutes, you'll be quickly offended. So, but for those of us who have a thick skin and enjoy adult humor, this is definitely worth a look. And for me, I'm a massive fan of it. I think, yeah, it's just hilarious. So shout out to the guys at the Chanda Ram podcast. The Dirtbag Olympics 2 was the stuff of legends, possibly a podcast that I will re-listen to a few times. Oh. This week's was just stellar stuff. So well done, guys, at the Chanter Rap Podcast. Awesome stuff. Right. Let's get into it. We've got so much piping news to get through. <sighs> it's redonkulous. So I might not actually get through it all this week. I might actually carry over into next week. Otherwise, this will be an insanely long podcast this week. So this past weekend, of course, here in Northern Ireland was Enniskillen, the County Fermanagh Championships. So, which may not mean mean much to you guys, you know, across the world and stuff, but this was quite a good competition uh, by all accounts. Um, you know, we had all the grades, apart from Grade One, however. But on the day itself was very well run. The venue itself was simply fantastic. You know, it is in a skill, and everyone knows it's a great venue. And yeah, weather on the day, sun split the stones, which is not in a skill and weather for everyone who's been to the county for mana championships over this past number of years it's kind of famous as being a washout normally the rain goes sideways and you're really struggling to keep you and your instrument dry do you know what I mean? it's just terrible so it's great to see some sunshine finally in, in a skill and competition so the weekend was superb and let's go through the results shall we let me see. Starting with Grade 4B, the winner was Grancha. Well done, Grancha. The drumming then and Grade 4B went to the Sergeant Walker Memorial. Ooh, well done, Sergeant Walker. Now, Sergeant Walker managed to pick up a third overall, uh, so as well as lifting the drumming title. So not lifting the top spot there, that went to Grancha. So there you go. Sergeant Walker, well done, lifting your drumming prize and finishing third. Okay, Grade 4A. The winner, as we've just mentioned there, was McNeilstown. Lifting the overall title there in Grade 4A and lifting the drumming as well. Not a bad weekend's work for McNeilstown. So, yep, shout out to you boys heading into Cookstown this weekend. I'll get talking about McNeilstown later. On to grade 3B. The winner was St. Mary's Derry Trasna. Yeah! 
Now, St Mary's have been a pick of ours on the Rab Show. We were talking about them on our prediction show and we were saying how St Mary's Derry Trasna will possibly be our pick for Grade 3B this year for being the most successful band in the grade. And it seems to be the case. However, they're not having it all their own way. <laughs> yeah, it's still interesting watching this Grade 3B because lifting the drumming title was Tully lagging. Yeah, go on the lagging. Awesome. Great to see Tully Lagan lifting the drum in there. So, yeah, and they managed to finish third overall as well as, as a band. So, St. Mary's Derry Trasna seems to have quite a bit of competition in that grade. You know what I mean? They're not going to have it all their own way, especially whenever you see how they've done in Paisley as well. Mm, not over yet for Grade 3B, you know? So, Grade 3B, going to be interesting to watch. So, yeah, congratulations, St. Mary's Derry Trasna. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you, hopefully, in Cookstown, so all being well. Right. On to grade 3A, then, at Inniskillen. Winner was Marlacu, and they've done it quite convincingly as well, with two first places in piping, so not too shabby at all there by Marlacu. Uh, the drumming, then, on the day in grade 3A, went to Upper Cross Gar. Well done, Upper Cross Gar. It's good to see you in the prize list there. Good. Now, I have to say, as we're talking about Rab Show picks, one of our picks for Grade 3A was the Quinn Memorial. Now, we did peg them as being quite successful in Grade 3A this year because given the previous couple of seasons that the Quinn has had, they really seem to be having, you know, they're on a roll. They had a lot of momentum behind them. They were winning a lot of prizes and stuff. But the Quinn this week finished flat last. Ouch. Now, they came flat last with two sixth places in piping, which is bottom of the pile. So that has to sting. However, they finished second in drumming. So their drumming is certainly up there. But what's going on with their piping places? So I don't know. This is really confusing for me because I honestly had the Quinn Memorial pegged as being quite successful this year. So seeing that they came flat last, very surprising. Very surprising for me. Uh, so, mm, I don't know, dark times at the Quinn Memorial. You you guys out there know that used to be my old band, so, yeah, I can't not help support them. So, <laughs> so come on, guys, at the Quinn. I'm sure there'll be some busy work being carried out in the band hall this week, I'm, I'm sure of it. So, yeah, let's hope the Quinn can come back fighting fit again and come off that bottom spot. Anyway, that's not to take it away from Marlacu, of course, who really had a clinker of a run. If you actually go and listen to it, there's quite a lot of videos of the run, actually, of Marlacu. Top class stuff actually. The piping was really sharp and you can see why they lifted those two first places in piping. Top class. Really blown a big, big sound and as clean as a whistle. With very few mistakes in it, if any mistakes at all. Very, very good stuff from Marnaku. We're going to be very interested to see what they're going to be bringing to the next major in fact. So that's a band for you to go and check out. Go and check out Marnaku. Definitely mm, possible dark horse coming forward. You never know. Okay. On to grade two. And on to grade one, it's all a one-horse race. <laughs> yeah, Klaus Kelt. Klaus Kelt managed to lift the grade two title and they lifted the drumming. And then they played up into grade one, which essentially was an open grade. They didn't have any grade one bands on the day. And Klaus Kelt managed to lift the grade one title and they lifted the drumming title as well. So Klaus Kelt cleaned up. I think as we were live streaming the results, people were laughing and joking, saying that they're going to need a wheelbarrow to be able to take all their trophies home. So, <laughs> well done to Klaus Kelt. I think at the moment, now I might be wrong in saying this, but I don't think Klaus Kelt has actually lost a competition yet. 
I know the season's still early. Like, I know this is only, what, May, really? And, you know, we're just about to come into the start of June. But Klaus Kelt are certainly in a ways of going at the moment. Now, we had a big discussion about Klaus Kelt Pipe Band on our live show on Fuse FM last night. And, yeah, I kind of caught myself in the weeds a bit because... I come out with it and I, I still agree with what I said. You know, I said that Klaus Kelp are the winners now and they're winning all around them. But will they still be winning whenever we reach Glasgow? Will Klaus Kelp still be lifting prizes when we hit the green? And the reason I say that, it's not to take it away from Klaus Kelp because they really are sounding fantastic. I really can't take it away from them. They're blowing a big big sound that big chesney setup and that's clearly working for them and their new medley selection the news oh it's just class i love it you know i can't take away from it the guys are sounding great but i have seen it happen before there has been bands before who start out the season and they just win all around them you know and just crush all the opposition no band can touch them and then for some reason as soon as you hit the july break Maybe the end of July, start of August. For some reason, the band starts to run out of steam. Loses that mojo. And suddenly, where are they? Come World's Week. They're flat in the back. And they're like middle of the pack. Maybe even at the bottom. I've seen it happen. Time and time again. And I just hope this doesn't happen to Klaus Kelp. Because Klaus Kelp clearly have a large support there (laughs) i'm very aware a lot of listeners from the band actually listen to the podcast so please don't think i'm slagging you by any means i'm actually a big fan i love the new medley and you've heard me say here in the podcast before i'm actually a big fan of your uh, bass and tenor core uh what they're doing with the the snare line and everything at the minute and the scores that ali's producing the new lead tip go and check them out claus kelt are sounding very sharp at the moment definitely worth a listen but as I've said all season, this is going to be the year for grade two because there's so many great bands in there that could nip in that top spot at any moment. And it'll be up to Klaus Kelp to try and keep the ball rolling. So we have Ravara in there. We have Manor Cunningham in there. We have Mackenzie Caledonia. Ah, come on. We've got so many bands in grade two that could do it on the day. You know what I mean? So not taken away from Klaus Kelp. They are producing the goods at the moment. Yeah. Here's just hoping that they continue and keep the ball rolling, eh? Because it's always good to see a band being successful, you know? And the guys are clearly working very hard. So, there you go. Shout out to you guys at Klaus Kelt. You cleaned up at Inniskillen, lifting grade two and grade one. Congratulations. And I think the party on the road home was the stuff of legend, I believe. Anyway, Grant, on to the drum majors then. Us here in Northern Ireland had quite a good competition of drum majors at Inniskillen this past weekend. And, um, yeah, made for some interesting reading whenever you look at the results. Starting with the novice then, we had uh, Carrie's Graham. And she's from uh, from Cuppercross Gar. Yeah, Carrie's Graham. Congratulations, lifting the novice title there. On to the juniors then, you had Cathy Hunter from Manor Cunningham. Go on, Cathy, well done. Now, we just mentioned him earlier there, Jamie Couples from Mackenzie Caledonia. He lifted the juvenile title, so well done, Jamie. Jamie, after just lifting up a grade, he moved up a grade from juniors into juvenile. That seems to have not phased him at all. Jamie is still in winning way, so congratulations, Jamie. Certainly seem to be having a great start to the season, so keep her lit, boy, keep her lit. On to the adults then. The adult title went to Lauren Hanna of Loman and Clyde. Go on the Clyde! Yeah! There you go. Well done, Lauren. Now, it's one thing I was saying about drum majors. The competitions for drum majors this season seems to be really interesting. 
Now, I know as much as we concentrate on the bands and everything here on this show, we do like to try and feature the drum majors as well, especially this season. This season, the drum majors seem to be more in a state of flux than usual. Now, I think we've had like four competitions so far. This Maybe three or four competitions. I've lost count now. But every week seems to have had a different adult title going to someone else. It's been... Yeah, no one drum major has kind of won the whole thing. You don't. There's no one coming through as being a dominant force yet, which is unusual. Normally, you would see one drum major raising his head above the pack, and then you know, come the world championships, all they have to do is keep the momentum going. But it's looking at the minute that no one has that momentum behind them. It's changing every week. So yeah, us on the Rab Show, we had picked Jason Price, of course, our current world champion. And from what I can see at the moment, he hasn't actually lifted a title yet. Uh, He hasn't finished in the top spot yet, from what I can see. So, very interesting. Very, very interesting in the drum major. So, if anything, looking forward to Cookstown this weekend. We will be watching the drum major result with big interest. Yeah. So, there you go. If you are interested, as much as everyone's checking out the bands and that, please do go and check out the drum major results because this season has proven to be pretty interesting in the drum major front. Now, as we're talking about Cookstown, ah, yeah, the Cookstown competition is this weekend. Yes, the Mid-Ulster Championships are this weekend. So, really looking forward to this because the draw for Cookstown is up there on the RSPBA NI website. And we're going to briefly have a quick look at it here because it's actually quite a large competition by all accounts. All right. Looking at Grade 4B, you have 16 bands in there. Now, I have to give a shout. Whenever we're talking about Grade 4B, we have a brand new band in there that we haven't seen yet. Tully Lagan have announced that they're going to be fielding a developmental pipe band to be in there. So, hey, awesome sauce. So, Tully Lagan basically have a crowd of learners who have been learning with the band for... I don't know, best part of six to eight months, I think. And they've decided to let these learners have a run out and, yeah, form a developmental band. So you have Tully Lagan in Grade 4B as well as in Grade 3B. So there you go. You'll have two Tully Lagans this weekend. Awesome. So, yeah, also, I think there's some really familiar faces that we haven't seen for quite a while. And here they are in Cookstown. We have Mountjoy Pipe Band. Uh, let me see if we have other bands in there that I, have, I haven't I have seen myself personally this season so far. But I've been told to go and listen to them. Brookshane and District, obviously, they've been doing quite well. I really want to hear Sergeant Walker after, you know, what they managed to produce there at Enniskillen. A lot of bands in Grade 4B. 16 in total. Cookstown's going to be a great competition. So best of luck, everyone there at Grade 4B in Cookstown. Looking at Grade 4A then, we have 10. 10 bands in Grade 4A and, yeah, not a weak grade by any means. Let's run through the 10 bands. We have Clontibrecht, we have Ocaran, Ballycone, oh, the Red Devils, awesome. We have McDonald Memorial. Yeah, McDonald, yeah. Had to give you a shout out there. McNeilstown, of course, who are currently in winning ways, so best of luck, guys. Uh, Kildog as well. And uh, Listen to Mulligan, Tamla Acrilli, Cullibacky and Clockfin. There you go. Not a bad grade at all there for grade 4A. Eh? Now, looking at grade 3B, we have six bands in the grade. We have Cleland Memorial, Clocker and District, St Mary's Derry Trasna, Major Sinclair Memorial, Tully Lagan, as I've just mentioned, and Raffrey. 
So that's your grade 3B. Grade 3A then on the day will be Marlaku, Uppercross Gar, the Quinn Memorial, Drumlock, Thiepville Memorial and Matt Boyd Memorial. There you go, not bad. Now, on the day in Cookstown we do have a grade 2 competition, but it's kind of small. We only have four bands in there and one of those bands actually come from grade 3A. So on the day in grade 2 we have New Roston District. Brilliant to see them coming to Cookstown. Thanks guys, can't wait to hear you. And then we have Matt Boyd Memorial playing up from grade 3A, so fantastic stuff so this is a home competition for them actually I suppose it's just on their doorstep so but great to see them playing up in grade two good luck guys and then of course we have the giants Klaus Kelt <laughs> best of luck guys and then we have column kill as well to find a finish off our grade two competition so there you go that's our grade two then on the day we do have a grade one but there is no grade one bands competing on the day so we have column kill new ross and Klaus Kelt are all playing up there in grade one so yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I do remember the times in Cookstown competition where you would have seen the likes of the Field Marshal juking it out with St. Lawrence Atul. Plus you had Blairian District in there, Ravara. You used to have a lot of big guns coming to Cookstown competition. So it's kind of sad to see the recent decline of Cookstown. Cookstown competition used to be one of my favourites. but Well, one, because it's very local to me. I'm literally 10 minutes away from where the competition ground is. Um, but two, it used to be, you know, a huge draw for some of the biggest bands, you know, north and south of the border. We used to see some of the top-notch quality bands coming to this small regional competition. It used to be brilliant, you know, to be able to see these guys up close. Whereas normally at a major championship, you wouldn't get half the chance to see them. So, disappointing, disappointing. But hey... Cookstown competition is what it is. It's a fantastic venue for anybody who's been to Cookstown. I wish, want to wish everyone, including the drum majors, the very best of luck going to Cookstown. It should be one heck of a weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah, us on the Rab Show, we will be there, of course, microphone in hand. So if you do spot us on the day as we're doing our live streaming and, you know, all that interviewing and blah, 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 please do tap us on the shoulder saying, Hey, Rab, what about you, mucker? You well? Make yourself known. <laughs> come and say hello. We're not, you know, don't be a bit shy or backward. Just come on over and say, hey, mate, I listened to the show. All that sort of stuff. Fantastic. Because, yeah, a lot of you did that in Bangor and it was brilliant. Just to be able to hear that I'm not sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Anyway, Grant, so when we're talking about live streaming, a lot of people actually were concerned about our live streaming that we were producing from Inniskiln. Now, the live streaming from Inniskiln that we were producing was... Hmm, it wasn't great, to be honest, but we were struggling with a lot of things on the day. We were actually struggling with uh, position in the crowd, basically. Uh, we had to film over the top of a lot of people's heads who have basically set themselves up on, you know, they kind of set up camp. Do you know what I mean? Like they bring their picnic with them and they bring a big blanket and like half a dozen deck chairs and they set themselves right in front of the arena and you can't get anywhere near it. So I, that's a possible topic of the week right there. So, yeah, we done what we could with a bad position. You know, on the day itself, we didn't have time to kind of camp out and try to get our, de- our decent spot because on the day, clearly we had a lot of other things to be doing as well. But, yeah, we done what we could. You know, we filmed over the top of a lot of people's heads and tried our best to get the bands that we tried to capture. But, unfortunately, the bands were quite a distance away from us and... 
yeah, it was kind of windy on the day as well, and uh, cell phone coverage, blah, blah, blah. You know, a lot of things seemed to work against us on the day, whenever we were looking at Inniskillen as far as live streaming was concerned. But thank you to everyone for tuning in. I have to say a massive shout out to Andrew, who helped, uh, who produced the live streaming on the day. And yeah, that guy has work cut out for him. He worked his socks off and done what he could, I suppose, you know, given the circumstances. So... Hey, I don't know. It's going to be a reoccurring problem, I suppose, that us in the Rab Show, we're going to try our utmost to bring you live streaming from these events, but we can only do what we can with regards to position and cell phone coverage and weather and all of that sort of stuff. We will do our best to battle through the crowd to be able to bring you guys the best coverage possible. But if we can't, we'll just do what we can. And if that means filming over someone's shoulder... And that's just what we're going to have to do. So we'll do what we can for you guys tuning in internationally. I do hope you manage to tune in to uh, what we've managed to produce. A lot of it is good quality. I'm not slagging it all off. I'm just saying that some of it is great, but some of it's mm, a bit rubby where the band is really far away. But you do manage to get to hear it. So, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so, not forgetting, we also managed to live stream the results from Inniskillen. So thank you to everyone who tuned in to the results. Of course, at the all-important results, I should say. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and joining in on the crack. It was great. So this weekend, we will be live streaming from Cookstown, and hopefully we'll be able to get a better position in the arena. But as we all know, crowds in Cookstown can be quite insane. It's a very popular contest, and, yeah, we will do our best to kind of camp out and get ourselves a good spot at the arena. And so, yeah, we can bring you the, the best kind of possible video and audio that we can. Grand. So stay tuned to our Facebook page over the course of the weekend as we bring you the action from Coast Town. Alright, let's get into more worldwide news rather than away from the piping scene here in Northern Ireland. The Virginia Piping School has just been announced. This is going to be run from the 17th to the 22nd of June. And this is going to be, well, you really hear me pronouncing this wrong. Uh, is it Shenandoah, Shenandoah University? Probably got that completely wrong. Uh, Shenandoah University in Winchester. Yeah, I probably got that. I butchered that completely wrong. But yeah, it's the Virginia Piping School, 17th to the 22nd of June. And they're going to be accepting pipers of all abilities, all ages. And everyone will be taught in small groups. So you'll have not one-to-one, but nearly one-to-one tuition. So this is going to be extremely popular. I have to stress this. So yeah, you're going to be taught for about three to four hours per day. Plus you'll have access to various different workshops, plus recitals and concerts, of course, as well, to keep you entertained all the way through them, through them days and nights. Now, who is going to be producing all these workshops and recitals and concerts and whatnot? Well, we have Andrew Donlan. Awesome. We have Brian Donaldson. We have Matt McIsaac. Oh, my words. And then we have the legend that is Wally McCallum. Oh, my words. And then, if that's not enough, you have Roddy McLeod, MBA, is there as well. Yeah, so that is going to be one heck of an opportunity. So if anyone listening internationally, especially you guys in the States, that are anywhere near Winchester uh, and want to go to this Virginia Piping School, there you go. 17th to the 22nd of June. Go along to thepipingcenter.co.uk for full details and ticket information. Um, I think they do stress that you need to book early because this will fill up very quickly. It's not often you get the opportunity to learn uh, or even just to sit and listen live to Roddy McLeod or Willie McCallum or Matt McIsaac or Andrew Dunn, any of these guys. 
you know so yeah this is an opportune time for you guys to go and have these lessons taught in small groups depending on your ability of course if you're a complete beginner you would be put in one group but if you are an advanced player you would be put in another group so yeah definitely a great opportunity for anyone out there in the states who's learning at the moment or even just wants to brush up on any skills the virginia pipe and scope 17th to the 22nd of june there you go now recently yeah there was a bit of piping news dropped thanks to our association the rspba yeah they are calling all pipe majors in grade 4a and grade 4b bands so that's all pipe majors regardless of where you may be internationally the music board of the rspba are seeking views of bands from all around the world in grade 4a and b because they're looking at the playing criteria for the grades now as we all know that this seems to have been in a bit of a state of flux for this last 10 to 15 years for those of us who have been in the piping scene long enough we can remember the musical requirements in these two grades especially seems to constantly change it seems to be a running argument at the minute sometimes people argue and say ah the requirements are too easy you know bands aren't really learning anything and the jump from grade 4a to grade 3b just too much and we have seen it we have seen bands jumping from grade 4a to grade 3b and then really struggling so <clears throat> excuse me is that the case is you know are our select tunes and everything that we need to play are they too simple you know are they too easy perhaps we do need to up the difficulty level or perhaps do you think it's the other way around do you think the tunes that we're playing at the minute are too difficult do we need to simplify things in grade 4a and grade 4b very interesting conversation one that we will be definitely keeping an eye on because it's one that people have been raising this last number of years talking about the musical criteria for both of these grades is it set at the right level you know are these bands capable of playing this music and really you know what should we be asking of these bands in these grades you know you know musically wise should they be playing tunes that are above their ability to kind of try and develop and push bands on or should we letting them play within their comfort zone let them play simple four fours and all yeah that's an ongoing argument so if you are a member of a grade 4a or a grade 4b band please get in touch with your pipe major give them a dig in the ribs and say here there's something important that you need to look at go along to the rspba.org and yeah there is a questionnaire up there that they're asking all pipe majors from grade 4a and grade 4b bands to fill in so as each pipe major completes the questionnaire that counts as an input from your band and it's only to come from pipe majors they obviously stress that so for every band they have one input not 1500 so yeah it's for pipe majors only and they're asking pipe majors to submit these uh surveys by july 1st so there you go you have until the 1st of july to let your opinions be known then the music board will be looking at all of these views submitted by the bands and who knows we may see some changes now obviously the music board will not be looking at grade 4a and grade 4b and then decide to do nothing clearly they're looking at it to think about the whole thing and actually try and address it possibly tweak some little things here and there i know it's a thing that's always been in a state of flux like i've said so who knows what the change will be whether it'll be for more difficulty or less difficulty 
don't know. I guess we'll see. So there you go. If you are a member of a grade 4 band, A or B, give your pipe major a shout. Tell them they need to check out the rspba.org now and go and fill out that questionnaire um, and reflect the views of your band. Yeah, let it be known. <clears throat> okay. In the Celtic music scene, Rora are releasing their new album. We have a release, release date now, finally, the 6th of June. So depending, of course, on when you're listening to this podcast, it may not be out yet or it may already be out. So 6th of June, Rora are releasing a brand new album. For those of you who don't know who they are, you can Google them now if you want. You can spell their name, R-U-R-A, Rora. Fantastic band, if anything, for those pipers and drummers out there. They're producing some great, 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 amazing uh, kind of one-off pieces, I would say. Do you know what I mean? They're like, I don't know, they're not tunes. They're like suites of music. It's kind of hard to describe. Go and check out Rora, first of all. And yeah, there's a lot of tunes on there that the bands play in the Celtic music scene that could you know, cross the barrier from Celtic music scene into pipe band scene. So I would urge you, go and check out Rora, playing a lot of very interesting music. And this new album is going to be called In Praise of Home. Cannot wait for this. So this is dropping 6th of June, yeah. And uh, for full details and all the rest, check out Rora on their social media. They've been uploading little clips and stuff on their Twitter and their Facebook page and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you can go and check out the wee clips, video clips and blah, blah. Definitely going to be worth a look, this new album. I'm really looking forward to it. So that's a wee plug then for Rora and their new album, In Praise of Home. It's definitely going to be worth looking at. Right. Let's fly on. Brian Hassan. For those of you who know Brian very well, uh, let's face it, us here in the Northern Irish piping scene, we know who Brian is. Brian is the RSPBA NI allocated photographer. So Brian is out there snapping photographs of all the bands, men and women, as they do their thing in the competition scene here in Northern Ireland. Now, Brian, unfortunately, yeah has misplaced a very valuable bag of tricks. At Bangor competition, the first one of the season, he actually managed to misplace a bag full of camera gear. Now, this included a Canon 600D, which I have no idea what that is, but it sounds expensive. It has a, an 18 by 55 millimeter lens. He has a, another 50 millimeter lens, 1 by 4 lens, all, this, all these different types of lenses. And then he has a flash and all tons of SD cards and stuff. Now, as you might appreciate, Brian Hassan does a serious amount of work for the pipe band scene here in Northern Ireland. Uh, so to hear that all of his camera gear has gone missing is nothing short of gutting. So as you can imagine, Brian is very keen to get his hands back on this bag. He really needs it back again so he can continue to tick all sorts of amazing photographs and stuff. So yeah, if anyone out there was at Banger Competition and may have seen a bag full of camera gear and uh, yeah, if you've managed to lift it or maybe holding on to it until somebody claims it or something, then yeah, please do get us in contact with ourselves or even just to give Brian a shout of himself. He would love to hear from you because he really needs all that gear back. <laughs> so that's not to take away from it though. Brian still be producing uh, some amazing for, uh, photography of this past couple of competitions. Go and check him out. Brian Hassan Photography. Top class stuff actually. So yeah, go and check him out. That's a shameless plug for you, Brian. But yeah, hopefully, if yeah, with a bit of luck, we'll put it out there on the show. And someone out there who was at Banger competition at the very start of the season managed to see this bag full of stuff and hopefully is hanging on to it until somebody claims it. So please do 
get in contact with us if you did manage to capture or see this bag of tricks anywhere. Brian would love to hear from you. Right. Let's fly on more piping news. The Costa Mesa Highland Games were this past weekend, of course. And I have to say a massive, massive thank you to the Phoenix Pipe Band. These guys at the Phoenix Pipe Band really saved our bacon. (laughs) Because they live-streamed the entire thing. It was brilliant. And I have to say, I now know what it feels like to not be able to go to a competition... But to have somebody live streaming it for you and be able to tune in, it was just brilliant. So there was tons of bands playing at this competition that ordinarily I wouldn't get to see every weekend. So here it was, the Phoenix Pipe Band were live streaming it as it happened all the way from grade 3 up to grade 1. It was just brilliant. So thank you so much to the Phoenix Pipe Band for producing the live streams. It was just brilliant. Now the Costa Mesa... Highland Games, we have yet to see the results of them. I have searched and searched online and I cannot see them anywhere. I don't even think the association themselves have posted them. So I don't know what the results are. So if anyone out there who's at the Costa uh, Mesa Highland Games, please get in contact with me. Let me know who won what because I watched all the grades. I know what I would have picked. I would like to know what the judges on the day had picked. So yeah, please do get in contact with us. I would love to know what the results were. From those games right let's fly on we have another little bit of listener mail that i really wanted to bring to you uh, before we get into the topic of the week and i have to give a shout out special shout out goes to dan who recorded this kind of a special message for us this was filmed at the alma highland games in the michigan michigan in the united states and uh yeah this was a message from drew duthard so uh for the big rap show tell me what your favorite cheese is my favorite cheese is gorgonzola. Ah, good one. Tell you guys how to rap. Cool. Say hi to rap. Hey, rap. Big rap. <laughs> that's brilliant isn't it that's fantastic so yeah had you ever wanted to know what drew duthard's favorite cheese was i know i did <laughs> dan thank you so much for emailing that into us at the big rap show uh, at gmail.com it was just brilliant thank you it really made my weekend and uh so yeah if you do want to, you can go and chat to someone in the piping world and snap a little video clip or an audio clip or anything like that and just ask a random question for the Rab Show podcast. That would be brilliant. I would love to see that. So thank you, Dan. That was hilarious. It was great crack. And yeah, I bring it here to the podcast just because it really made me smile. So there you go. Drew Dothert's favourite cheese. Who would have thunk it? Grant. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Pipe and Live Festival. They're releasing more and more information about Pipe and Live as we go forward. They've just released the details of their lunchtime recitals. <sighs> oh my word, I'm so stupidly excited for Pipe and Live this year. I think or I think I'm going to have to I don't, oh man, it's so ridiculous. Piping Live this year is going to be off the chain. Like I've been talking about the Braybrack gig and everything about how it's going to be insane. But now they've released details of their lunchtime recitals. And let I'll, I'll give you a notion of how it's going to go. They kick things off on the first day of the lunchtime recitals with Bruce Gandhi. Okay, Bruce Gandhi. <sighs> So there you go. For full information, go and check out pipeandlive.co.uk. The lunchtime recitals 
Oh man, I'm going to get tickets for these if I'm heading over to Piping Live because the lunchtime recitals are just brilliant. If you have a lunch break in Glasgow, maybe you're working and living in Glasgow and you have one hour on your lunch break and you fancy getting in some piping action during that time, you have from 1pm to 2pm you have your lunch hour and you can go and sit and listen to Bruce Gandhi doing his thing. Oh my word, cannot wait for the Piping Live this year, man, it's going to be insane. Well... That's got me kind of excited already for the lunchtime recitals. But as well as that, we had the announcement then of possibly one of my favourite gigs from Piping Live. And that's the Afterworlds Shindig. Now this last couple of years, it's kind of lost its way a little bit, I feel. And it's kind of lost its party atmosphere and has more of a concert atmosphere. You know, this last couple of years. But I have to say, this year, 2018, Piping Live has turned the Afterworld Shindig into a party. Party Central! Oh man, I'll never forget the first time I seen Fred Morrison live on stage. And that was at the Afterworld Shindig. And who was after Fred Morrison? The Treacherous Orchestra. Oh my word, that was fantastic. So here we go, the Afterworld Shindig is back baby! Yeah, on stage they will have Hamish Napier and then followed by Ascent, who are a brand new trio band. And if you haven't heard them yet, I've played a couple of their tracks so far on the Rab Show. We've been playing little clips and stuff. Their album isn't actually officially out yet, and full details of that we'll talk about in future podcasts. But we've been playing Ascent on the show. Trust me, these guys are awesome. And see if you've been out piping and drumming all day Saturday, and all you want to do is kick up your heels, dance, have a few beers with your buddies, and listen to some awesome piping music then look no further than the Afterworld Shindig. This event is going to be insane. Oh, man. I Yeah, I'm going to be there with bells on. Yes, actual bells. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait for this. So for full details, of course, for the Pipe and Live Festival, go and check it out. Pipeandlive.co.uk. Full ticket information is up there, plus details of all the events that they've announced so far. It's looking like it's going to be quite an awesome year. Now, for those of you who remember, last year on the Rab Show podcast, we did break down the Pipe and Live Festival in general and give you our particular picks. And tell we told you day by day where you should be at what particular time to maximize your time during Pipe and Live Festival week. It's a crazy week at the best of times. So we will do the same again this year. We will let you know where you need to be. At any given time during Piping Live this year, we will give you our picks for 2018. But that's for a future podcast. Right. Time to fly on, I think. Time for a cup of tea. And it's time for the topic of the week. LoneStarPiper.com The little pipe and drum supply in the heart of Texas. Proud to be firefighter owned and operated. With 10 years in the industry, they are dedicated to providing friendly, professional, personalized service. Featuring many of the most popular brands for bagpipers and drummers, as well as custom kilts and highland wear. Feel free to shoot them an email with questions about custom orders or to get a quote for special pricing on larger orders at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. Loud Pipes Visual Media is your dedicated resource for coverage of pipe bands from Northern Ireland. 
Loud Pipe Visual Media specialises in both photography and videography, so you don't only get to see the fantastic spectacle of piping and drumming, but you also get to hear it too. Loud Pipe Visual Media is always very keen to promote bands from Northern Ireland, so if you or your band has an event or you would like a specific photograph or video taken, please get in touch with Loud Pipes Visual Media on their Facebook page or contact Barbara on 07192314022 Pipe Band Hub promoting the pipe band scene since 2011 for all your news results and performances follow them on Facebook Twitter and with over 250 performances on their audio mac site to choose from make the pipe band hub your first choice online when you pick up your phone Yes, indeed. There you go. I'm a shout out to our patrons there. Those guys who have clicked that support button on our Patreon page. Thank you so much, guys. And have been supporting the show and helping us do what we do. Because, yeah, it helps go towards, like, travel expenses, cell phone data, all that sort of stuff. It really does help a great deal. If you are interested, you can go along to our Patreon page and click on that support link. It really does mean the world to all of us on the Rab Show team. Without you guys supporting what we do, we couldn't produce half the stuff that we do. So thank you everyone so much. Also, you can go and check out the Rab Show merch. Yay! Shameless plug. If you haven't yet, you can get yourself a Rab Show t-shirt or a Rab Show hoodie. And then plus our brand new embroidered polo shirts. Ooh. Which will withstand any weather. You can stand and hail sleet, snow, shine and everything. And it will never fade and all of that stuff. It's really built to last. So there you go. Our embroidered polo shirts available now. Go and check them out on thebigrabshow.com. Go and get your merch. And yeah, tell everyone you listen to our show. Awesome sauce. Grant. Right. As you may already know, the title of the podcast this week kind of gives it away. Yeah. This week we're talking about March Pasts. Or grand finales, as we call them here. Uh, I've been ca- I've, I've been hearing them called many different things as well. Um, but affectionately, I kind of refer to it as the March Past. And I do know that internationally it's also referred to as the March Past and stuff. I guess what I wanted to talk about is how we do it. <laughs> it seems to have been... The association has experimented recently in different ways of doing this, especially watching how it's done internationally. Now, I can first of all describe how it's done here in the UK and how it's been done here in the UK for years. As long as I can remember, it's been done this way. However, we've now recently seen how they do it in Australia, how they do it over there in the US and Canada. We're seeing a lot of international people doing it differently from us here in the UK. And I guess it's a topic for discussion. Which way is best? So first of all, let's talk about how we do it here in the UK. As the competition finishes and the grade one ends and that's it. Competition is done. The judges run away to a back room somewhere. (laughs) They go and hide. And uh, yeah, they all collate all the results and everything. And meanwhile, the guys in the arena are ripping up the the arenas and all the rest and using all that fencing to make one big, giant, large square thing for the bands to walk in on, right? So then they hook out the podium and they bring the guy out with the wee chain around his neck and all and the kilt that he's never worn in his life and they put him on the wee perch and you stand there and the bands will walk past you and give you a salute. So he's obviously the chieftain, right? So all the bigwigs, they all stand there behind the chieftain and uh, then 
the bands come marching on. Now, we normally have three centre bands, and these are normally pre-elected before the competition actually happens. The bands themselves know that on the day of whatever competition it is, that you're going to be a centre band on that day. Now, that means if you're a centre band, you're going to be standing there playing six-eighths as the rest of the boys march in. So, three centre bands march in, they form up, and they all stand together, three bands in the centre of that big giant ring. So they stand there and they play their six eights. And they play their six eights. And they play their six eights. Until eventually the bands themselves have gathered themselves up enough. they pull themselves out of beer tents or pubs down the town or whatever. And they've gathered themselves up. Throw the pipes under their arm. They all form up and they march in past. So that's what's called the march past. Now, it's up to the senior drum major on the day to then coordinate the bands and to get them into some sort of a formation so the bands are all sitting in like a nice neat grid. So you have a nice long big line in front of you. So as you're looking from where the chieftain is and you're looking out in front of you, all you should see is a sea of bands, men and women, and that's it. So... That's a drum major's job to direct everyone, right? You you slot in here, counter march here, turn left here, you walk in here, you boys stop beside these boys. And yeah, the drum major's job is very stressful, <laughs> not gonna lie. So, senior drum major, fantastic work, he manages to coordinate this all the time, so well done. But also, I have to say, to some of the bands who march in at the march past, now I have seen this countless times. And um, it seems to be once the actual music and the playing is done that the march past is just something of a formality that you just wish would finish. And a lot of bands don't march in. They kind of, well, to use an Ulster Scots word, they dander in. So they're just out for an afternoon stroll. Oh, look. Hey, there's the chieftain. Hello there, pal. What about ye? Are you keeping well? Right. But I have seen a lot of bands who march into the arena actually marching in time, in rank, not talking, not laughing, not giggling, not drinking, not <laughs> not eating, not doing anything. Just being a band and marching in, being extremely disciplined. And whenever your drum major shout, shouts, bands, eyes left or eyes right or whatever, and gives the whole salute thing, then the whole band... You know, eyes left, all look towards, you know, the chieftain and give the proper salute and everything. And it's it looks really well. It's fantastic. So that's one thing I would possibly say about the UK March Past. Some bands don't treat it that well and it does look kind of bad. Um, so I would challenge the guys listening in the UK. Perhaps that's something we could brush up on. You know, I don't know. M&D and all the rest. I know essentially we're not getting marked on our marching in the march past and really who gives us stuff but yeah it is a showcase for your band and the impression that you can leave behind from your march past you know can stay with you so anyway i'll leave that with you uh, <laughs> so after all the bands have formed up then the drummers all take their drums off and they set them down on the ground and they're supposed to stand there in rank and everything and wait and wait and wait now the reason why we're waiting for so long is because of all the other bands marching in and sometimes depending on the size of the competition this can take quite a while especially at a major major championships the march past seems to last forever 
And yeah, it's not a case of bands are dilly-dallying. It's a case that there's simply that many bands to funnel in through past the Chieftain. Sometimes it just takes that length of time to get bands in. Now, famously, at the World Championships, there's just simply far too many bands to be able to all march past the Chieftain. Now, I think in recent years, bands have been given notification that they have been selected to take part in the march past. There's other bands who are going to the Worlds, and they've been told via letter that, yeah, your band will not be marching past the Chieftain this year, but however... We still want you to be in the arena for the grand finale, so you'll have a back entrance. So as you can see, a lot of bands actually march on past the Chieftain, give the salute and everything, and it looks cool. And you get all the photos and all the rest. But there's other bands also have like a bit of a back entrance or a side entrance, and they're also coming in, but don't form part of the official march past. So eventually, once all the bands have finished doing their march past and everyone's formed up, you're supposed to stand there and wait. And then comes the speeches now the speeches have been a bone of contention for pipers and drummers around the world for years now you normally get a speech from the organizer of the competition then you get a speech from the chieftain you normally get a speech from the chieftain then you get a speech possibly from some representative from the association and then you have a presentation that's like a bouquet of flowers and stuff to the chieftain. Thank you very much for coming. You get a, another bouquet of flowers or even a wee plaque or something on behalf of the town or district council and all of this sort of stuff. And it just ticks an age. Meanwhile, for those of us pipers and drummers who are standing there in the March Past Arena and you may have been in the beer tent beforehand and your back teeth are floating. <laughs> You're really bursting to go. So, yeah. Rather than stand there dancing and jigging and hoping that you don't whittle yourself, what do you do? Now, this has been brought up. It's in actual RSPBA rules that you're not allowed to leave the arena. I know. Now, there's been bands actually properly sanctioned and fined for this. Where band members have been caught leaving the arena, going to use the facilities and running back again. Now, yeah, I have actually... Not had any names mentioned to me, but there has been bands in the past that have been fined for this. Actually, a band had been threatened with suspension because apparently an entire drum corps left, hopped over the fence, went to the beer tent and brought beer back into the arena, which is a huge no-no. So they stood there during all the speeches and the band was standing supping pints of beer waiting for the speeches to finish now this was all within clear eye shot of the chieftain so i suppose it did look really bad <laughs> you know as he was trying to give this heartfelt speech of how amazing it was and everyone was all pounding pints so mm, not great i can understand why the rspba are wanting to clamp down on this and yeah but i have to say i have done it myself that if i am standing there bursting for a wee and i really have to go to the toilet then I don't know, wild horses won't keep me away from that portaloo, you know what I mean? So if I have to jump a fence and go and use the facilities and run back again, sorry, but that, yeah, I've done it before, so I'll hold my hands up. Maybe I shouldn't have done, but mm, there we go. Nature calls it nature calls, you know? So, yeah, that's another thing that perhaps we could do better, I think. The speeches, as much as they are important, and believe it or not, bands, men and women, as much as I've been kind of taking the mick out of them, 
bandsmen and women are interested. They do want to hear the speeches. They want to know what the association is doing and they want to know how the event went on the day. And not Nine times out of ten, that's what's in the speech. We've had X amount of people attend the competition today. Uh, we've had, you know plans to run this event here next year and stuff like that you know things like that that you would normally only ever hear in the speech so yeah it's interesting that way for bands men and women so the speeches as much as they do seem dull a lot of us are very interested to hear what the speeches have to say and uh, nine times out of ten they are interesting so but yeah i would urge the guys up at the front you know, just remember that sometimes, you know, especially there's bands there that have wee kids. You know, there's wee children standing there. And they've maybe been standing there for over an hour or so. It's difficult to do, you know, even for a fully grown adult to stand there and listen. Anyway, that's another thing. So speeches perhaps could be a little bit shorter. I don't know. It's just my own personal preference. As for the results... The results are another topic altogether. As you are aware, here in the UK, we announce the winner first. We go grade one, world champions, Inverary. And then it goes second place was, third place was, fourth place. We go down the list. But I've heard it done in the States where they do it in reverse order. And they start with fourth place or fifth place. And coming in fourth it was. And coming in third it was. And coming in second. So you know, kind of ramps up rather than working down. Now, I don't know. There is an argument for both, I suppose. But for me, it's personal preference. I do like the way the RSPBA do it. I really enjoy the way they just cut to the chase. Here's your winner. All right. Then after that, you're just looking to see where the chips fall. You know what I mean? But essentially, all everyone really wants to know who won. Who won? All right, enough of the sixth, fifth, fourth, third. Who won? Who? <laughs> you know what I mean? Rather than sitting with your program, trying to work out who else is left in the grid, who could get it, just tell us already. So I think that's why the association do what they do, and they've been doing it like this from as long as I can remember. So, yeah, that's one thing I honestly think shouldn't change. I think the reading out of the results here in the UK is done perfectly. It's The system of it has kind of improved in recent years. Normally, you read the results out, and they would have said, and first place was Klaus Kelt. And then you would have sat and waited for someone from Klaus Kelt to come and lift their trophy. They get their photograph taken, then they get their their you know competition sheets and everything, and then they go back. And second place was you know. And meanwhile, everyone's losing the will. Now, what they seem to be doing is they read out all five results. They read them out: one, two, three, four, five, and the drumming and the piping, bass, bass, M and D. Boom. Then everyone all comes up, gets photographs and all the rest. So you have the whole grade done result-wise within two or three minutes. It's brilliant. Then you have a five-minute gap when everyone collects their trophies, and then you're on to the next grade. I think the way they're doing it at the minute, brilliant. I'm actually quite a fan of it. You know, I think clearly they've looked at this and tried to address it and have very clearly to me they've fixed it. So well done, RSPBA, for looking at this. Uh, so that's how we do it here in the UK. Okay. Now, I'm also, of course, neglecting the... Salute to the Chieftain, where you play Highland Laddie and stuff. You know, all the bands all play together. And you have the drums of the centre band to play only and all the rest. And then you might have a Lament, of course. And then depending on where you're playing, there could be... uh, At most competitions in Northern Ireland, you do have a National Anthem played. Plus, as well, if you're playing the All-Ireland or whatever, there's always a National Anthem played before everyone goes home. And that's it. 
So that's it. That's the March past here in the UK. That's how they work. So let's look at how they do it internationally. Now, I don't know which country specifically came up with this idea, but I have seen it done in many different locations. I've seen it down under in Australia and New Zealand as well. Plus, I've seen it in the States and Canada as well. And I do think it works really well. However, it has to be a logistical nightmare. I honestly don't know how you guys managed to do this. Now, I think the Northern Ireland branch did try this maybe once or twice. And mm, it didn't work that well it did work but it didn't work that well what i'm talking about is that all the bands and competition that day from grade 4b all the way up to grade one they form one massive mass bands now i've heard this being referred to in the states not as the march past but it's called mass bands so at the end of the competition everyone's finished then right it's mass bands so everyone has to gather up together as one giant pipe band and that has to be a logistical nightmare. You know, when you're coordinating so many bands in one space to get them to play the same tune, the same way, at the same time, marching in the one direction, it's bound to be a nightmare. You know, and even for drummers as well. What scores do you play? Everyone knows the standard scores, but every band has their own small little variation of the standard scores. Hmm, Difficult. Difficult to coordinate. And I've listened to quite a number of these mass bands that's been held at these events. And it does seem to be a bit of a logistical nightmare. Because you have got bands from grade 5, grade 4B playing next to someone in grade 1. And mm, no harm to the guys in the lower grades of course. But yeah, it just it doesn't seem to mix very well. Do you know what I mean? It does seem to be quite difficult to pull off and to do well. But that's not to say it doesn't look great. See, whenever you're looking at video footage of this happening and it's just a wall of pipers and drummers coming towards you, it looks like an army. It's really impressive. And the sound itself, it's it like blows your socks off. It is really impressive. And I suppose whenever you're talking about events trying to advertise, and this is like a massive spectacle at the end of the event. It's like the fireworks going off, man. You know, pew. Wow, look at this massive pipe band made up of like 15 bands. Awesome. So I can see how it is a spectacle for the organizer and for the associations themselves who run these events, that mass bands, you know, perfect. Plus, you don't have to stand around in the bacon sunshine or the lashing rain while you stand there and wait for everyone to march on because, let's face it, everybody has just marched on. (laughs) You play one tune and that's it. Or maybe even two tunes, I think. Uh, But even at that, you all walk on together. You all stand there. That's it. Done. There's no standing around waiting for everyone else to march on. So from that aspect, it's quicker. It's much quicker. But I have to say, it has to be a bit of a logistical nightmare. I am fascinated to know how this works in the states and australia and for anywhere else who have like grand finales or march pasts us here in the uk we have become kind of institutionalized very traditionalized as well i have to say although we have been tinkering with the idea and we've have tried the mass band idea a couple of times we're still traditionally doing the whole center bands thing and everyone marches on so i don't know is it something that we should change is it something that we should look at and perhaps 
maybe we should adopt the whole mass band thinking. I don't know. It's something that I'm kind of really interested in. And as well as, um, you know, improving the speed of the whole thing, I also believe that, you know, the quicker it's over, the easier it is for the bandsmen and women. So you might get less people jumping the fence to go to the beer tent or to go and grab a cheeky burger from the from the you know the chip van or whatever you know or having to go and use the facilities halfway through you know it, it does look bad when you see people in uniform jumping over the fence to get away <laughs> you know what i mean and spectators are standing there going oh god where's he going oh oh, oh right oh yes he needs to pee pee so yeah it does look bad so mm. I don't know. Would a quicker and faster, more efficient march past or mass bands be better? Don't know. Don't know. It's a big topic. And if anything, I throw it out there to you guys, the listeners of the Rab Show podcast. Please do get in contact with us. Do you think our current grand finale march past mass bands, do you think there is a way to do it better? Which way do you think is best? Do you think the mass band idea is the way to go? Or do you enjoy what we do here in the UK? I don't know. Let me know. Text me in. Or not even text me in. Sorry, I'm not live. You can email me in. <laughs> BigRabShow at gmail.com. There you go. So I'm not infused. So yeah, you can email me in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Plus you can reach us on Facebook as well, which a lot of you have actually. Which is The Big Rab Show on Facebook or indeed on Twitter at Big Rab Show. Get in contact with us. We'd love to know your opinions on Mass Bands, Grand Finale, March Past, a thousand and one different names, but essentially it's all the same. We'd love to know your opinion. Which way do you believe is the correct way or the best way to do it? Grant, that's it. Don't forget, if you haven't already, click that subscribe button. If you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please do. It's very important because then as each and every episode gets uploaded, ding, you'll get a little notification to say that, yeah, we've uploaded another one and you'll never miss an episode. We have quite a few episodes in the works at the minute. Now, we are very aware a lot of people have been asking about more bass drumming podcasts. Don't worry, we have more podcasts coming on bass drumming. We have quite a few interesting interviews coming your way on that, in fact. And also, Learning Journey podcasts as well. We have quite a number of learners who contacted the show and said, Hey, Rob, I'm just learning tenor drumming at the moment. Uh, how about telling us a story about tenor drumming, learning, learning Journey? No problem. We will be looking at that. Learning Journey is around the corner, plus more podcasts on bass drumming you guys have asked for it we will be looking at it don't worry but as the season rolls forward clearly we'll be very busy with the competitive season so it will be difficult to get these things squeezed in but we'll do our best so yeah we have some special podcasts coming your way soon some special one-offs if you have any particular suggestions for topic of the week or any specialist kind of podcast you would like to hear please get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you we are the show for you guys so yeah, it's your suggestions and everything that make the show what it is. So email us in, bigrabshow at gmail.com or check us out on the Rab Show Facebook page and all that sort of stuff. Get in contact with us. We love to hear from you. So yeah, we can bring all that amazing content to you here in the podcast. Right, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for clicking that download button. Uh, yeah, best of luck to everyone heading to Cookstown this weekend. We hope to see you in uh, yeah for the Mid Ulster Championships, and we will be talking all about it on next week's podcast. Next week's podcast, I'm just about talk. There you go. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you all in Cookstown. Until then, cheerio. Well, that's it for another big rap show podcast. Many thanks to our sponsors, G One Reads, raising the benchmark throughout all the grades. 
Winning 8 out of 9 possible World Championship performances, G1 reads are played by bands around the world, producing that quintessential tone. If you don't believe me, just listen to our current World Champions in Vararian District. Until next time guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rap Show Podcast. All the best.